the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. It calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I happen to be Spud Goodman. Yes! A simple man chosen by. Okay, maybe not God, as that does sound a bit pretentious. Let's go with fate. And I am the host of this little radio show. You know, if you stick around for the hour, you will not regret it. You might have second thoughts, but not total regret. And there's, a, you know, a slight difference there, in my opinion. So sit back and enjoy the show, why don't you, all right? Okay, I now, now need to introduce our designated laugher, a very important member of any radio team, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, give us a brief but hearty laugh. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And now I have to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, uh, as your lovely daughter Kelsey is with us in the studio, you will now be allowed to emit more than a grunt or a squeal to verify your presence. Oh, well, thank you, Spud. I can't tell you how excited I am to have my daughter Kelsey with us here. Uh, this is the first time you've ever allowed the family member of a staff member to set foot in the studio. Uh, Hell yeah. will freeze over. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm just I'm grateful for the opportunity to celebrate Take Your Daughter to Work Day. That's what we're doing. Well, let's be real here. I made an exception in this case, as yeah. I like Kelsey a lot. I mean, oh. she seems a lot more normal than others in your family. Right? Thank you, Spud. Yeah. Okay, well, Absolutely. regardless of why, it is appreciated. And I think Kelsey will now get a real feel for what her father does uh, you know, on the job and what he goes through because very few civilians really understand how much of a high-stress position it is to serve as co-host. Really? Well, I know when I come home from this job, I need at least an hour or maybe two to decompress. I don't think so. Decompress? Yeah. From what? Telling me a guest is on the phone ready to talk with me? My dad says his job is very much like an air traffic controller. Hmm. He makes life and death decisions throughout the show. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't think I ever used the term life or death, Kelsey. Uh, you, you must have misunderstood what I was no, saying. No, you say it all the time at the dinner table. You know, I, I don't want to bust your father's street cred here, but let's just say no one has died on this show yet. You can't prevent everything. No, but I mean, they could. It is within the realm of possibility. I like to think that by keeping things under control when the calls come in and, and you know, maybe I've prevented a potential stroke or heart attack on your part. Because uh. I shudder to think what you'd do if, say, you know, a guest wasn't on the line and you had to fill like eight minutes yourself. <laughs> that would be an uncomfortable eight minutes for everyone. Um, I don't think I would keel over if a guest, you know, hung up 
on me or, or pulled out at the last minute. I, I can fill the time myself by, you know, maybe going over my favorite TV shows I watch or, or maybe discuss my rubber band ball I'm making. It is huge now, by the way. It's going to be a thing of beauty. You are making a rubber band ball? Yep. That's pretty cool, I mean, for a grown man to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Spud has various esoteric tastes, Kelsey, so let's try to not normalize them. What's with you, Johan? So, uh, honey, do you have any questions about radio before we get going here? Because I can answer... Look, I'm, any- I'm, I'm, I am here for I- you too, Kelsey, so do not hesitate to hit me up on anything about being the host of of a radio talk show. It's a very small fraternity and all of us like you know we, we understand how important we are to society as a whole cuz we are we are the truth tellers. Well, maybe not all the time, Spud, is you've stretched the truth on many occasions during your interviews with guests. Like uh, oh, like the time you told Anderson Cooper from CNN you'd just gotten back from covering a heat wave in Iceland. Yeah. Yeah, we both know you have never left the United States. Ever, because of your fear of flying. Pissing our pants yet? Uh, what I meant was I had just watched uh, like a YouTube video, uh, you know, about their wacky weather in Iceland, and, yeah. and I said how, how it was really sad how all the seals and walruses had to find new blocks of ice to hang out on. I didn't actually say I was on the ground there. I love seals. I kind of like walruses, too. I will check out that video on YouTube. Well, don't, don't expect a lot of you know, damage, because, I mean, it's going to take... It takes some time, you know, for everything to melt. I mean, just just being real here, and I think the high was like 66 degrees. But anyway, right oh. now, I'm being told it's time for our musical guest, okay? And I will be speaking with them a little later on in the program. Say hello to Legrato.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. What up? It's JB Smooth. Check out Spud Goodman. He's my friend. He's my buddy. And he owes me money. So I got to stay in contact with him. Yeah. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. But your first guest, Mike Tyson, is on the line. Are, are you ready for this? I mean, Mike Tyson. I am more than ready for this, okay? I'm a fan, so I have a bunch of stuff I want to ask him. Okay. You know, it's a good thing that this is over the phone. I mean, how would you like to get slapped around like John Stossel did, you know, from 20, 20 years ago? Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Um, Stossel was slapped by a, like a wrestler, okay? Uh, uh. Dr. D, not a former heavyweight champion of the world and one of the greatest boxers of all time. Okay, all right, fine. But, Jeez. I mean, still, you're fortunate that this is not an in-person interview, don't you think? Man, I, I would love to be slapped or whatever by Mike. This is gonna be cool. He's like a living legend. I mean, maybe next time I could do it in person. You know, for our listeners, though, like on Las Vegas Public Radio, I know many, you know, have probably already attended his one-man show at the MGM Grand. Uh, it's gotten rave reviews. And I'm thinking, actually, of going back down there real soon to catch the show myself. So uh, just put him on. I, I, so many things I want to ask him. Okay, here he is. Please welcome actor, author, and yeah, former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Thanks, champ, for coming on our show. Hey man, it's my fa- my specially favorite show. That's right. Well, I wanna I wanna start this off discussing your one man show, Mike Tyson, Undisputed Truth, round two at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. So now you are a veteran headliner in Vegas outside the ring. Did you see this coming ten years ago, going head to head with Blue Man Group, Penn and Teller, and Carrot Top? Years. No, not in a million years. But how did it happen? I don't know. Me and my wife saw. Um Chad Palmer Terry's um, one-man show, and I told my wife, I said, I think I can do that. And she wrote the script up, and then we did it. And you got rave freaking reviews. I mean, uh, were you were you blown away by the reviews? I was very grateful. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, oh, yeah, before I forget, I wanted to ask you this. Do you really have a pet tiger at your house? Because you need a really major. To. You did? Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay, all right. What was his, what was his name? Kenya. Kenya, all right. girl. Oh, super. All right. I don't know what kind of litter box you'd have for that, but that's amazing. Um, okay, well, Mike, as a former heavyweight champion of the world, what's your take on MMA? Because I'm, I'm old school. I'm a lifelong boxing fan myself. How, how do you feel well, about MMA, it? MMA has its purposes. Very exciting. You like it, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I kind of—it's kind of like Australian rules football to me versus the NFL. It's kind of interesting, but I wouldn't spend all day Sunday watching it. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Well, let's touch on the Mike Tyson mysteries airing on Adult Swim. Maybe the hippest show on TV these days. Do your kids understand how cool their dad is? No, they don't like it. They say I curse too much on the show. <laughs> but I mean, they got to know it's cool, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're little strange kids when they hear cursing and stuff. We teach them cursing with bad. Oh. All right, all right. You know, on our show now, my co-host is doing the take your daughter to work thing. Have, have you ever brought one of your kids to your job over the years? Never. Never? Well, well, no, that's not true. I, I used to have my kids at the gym with me when I was training. Well, that, that must have been awesome. I mean, did, did, did they appreciate what they were experiencing? That would have been so cool. No, they're too little. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Super. Uh, uh, 
um, Spud, I sure hope Kelsey here will be looking back someday and remember this experience fondly. You know, being with her dad at work. Uh, Mike, just a sec. I'll be right back. Go for it. Please don't disrupt this interview. I'm just starting to connect with him. And you interrupt me? I'm I'm sorry, Kelsey. I'm not yelling at your dad. I'm just trying to express my feelings. Honey, honey, what Spud is saying here... Okay, Daddy. Daddy. He's he's much more comfortable working alone, like shutting out others from contributing to the conversation. Can you see that happening? I mean, Uh this trait is often displayed by extremely insecure individuals with very low self-esteem. So I want you to learn from his behavior and understand how cruel it is to your co-workers when you start out on your own career, okay? Okay. Hey, my, my self-esteem is not that low. I'm not a cutter or something. Well, I, I stand by my diagnosis. Whatever. Just let me get back to Mike, if you don't mind. All right. I was distracted for a moment, but I have returned. All right. Well, um, how do you feel about Jamie Foxx playing you in, in an upcoming movie about your life? That's not too shabby. I think, I think he's going to do an awesome job. All right, and when when is that? Just a recent thing? Is that is that how far down the uh, down the road? Well, we've been talk we've been talking about it for a long time, but it's just he just signed it. Okay, okay, all right. Signed but, on. Well, you know that you had the prior movie way back in '95, Tyson, uh, when Michael Jai White played you. Um, we've yeah, had, but that's not that's not no real movie. That's just a movie based off the um, the newspaper clipping. Okay. But Mike, I have to say, Michael's been on the show. He's he's pretty multi-talented dude. I mean, I would, I don't know. I, I liked it, but all right. Um, okay, move. Jamie, go show you the real stuff, though. Yeah, I know, I know. I I interviewed Jamie on my Fox show like years, my like 15 years ago or whatever. He's he's pretty cool dude. But I guess he's he's buffing out now though. Right? He's gonna hit the gym like constantly. Yes. Yes. All right. Dang. He's gonna have to. But all right. Um, well, besides uh, your new podcast now, I now out titled uh, uh, "Bite the Mic," right? That's what you have going. Yes, yes, that's really awesome. Um, that's pretty cool. And let me just say this: there's the Mike Tyson YouTube channel. I mean, you have some funny stuff on it, man. Hey, thank you, thank did, you very much. Did, are you like in the future thinking about maybe like messing with the mailman or maybe some kids selling junk from their school? Because uh, I hear you. I don't know. I don't know. We're still thinking about good stuff to do. Do you just, does it, yeah, do you just like, hey, I got an idea, let's just roll tape? Oh, somebody else will have a good idea. Okay, all right. You know, I, I heard you got to keep putting up, like, new stuff on our, on my YouTube channel. We just, like, put up old reruns of my, you know, old TV show. I'm too lazy to come up with new content, so I guess you're jumping in all the way, but all right. All the way. All right, all right. You know, Mike, I was wondering if, if you, you know, when you're sleeping or at other times, do you ever hear, like, let's get ready to rumble or, or it's showtime on a loop in your head because you heard it so many times in your career from, you know, from Michael Buffer or Jimmy Lennon Jr.? What do you think? Not yet. Not yet? I haven't heard him yet. Nah. Okay, all right. You know, the for me, I got to say this personally, the pre-fight routine, I love more, actually almost more than the boxing. Did, did you pick out your own music for the Walk to the Ring? Yes. What's your favorite song to walking in? for your all time that you chose? I don't know, Tupac song. Tupac, all right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, super. All right, well, you know, I know I know you got a lot of stuff going on right now, so I'm going to wrap this thing up with my, uh, well, it's kind of my required question in my contract, which I have Take to ask. Take your time. Us. Okay, all right. Well, it's it goes like this. Mike Tyson, what has been your most memorable moment outside of the ring? I don't know, I'm um, having my children. Yeah, I, 
I haven't had that opportunity yet. It's pretty cool, huh? Oh man, wait till you have it. You'd be a different person. Uh, you mean like on for on the on the positive side? Very positive. Okay, huh? How many do you have? By if I could ask. I have seven kids. Wow. Grown. Well, six six of them are grown. Super. It's a lot of shopping at Christmas time, but all right. Okay, well. Oh, lots of it. Lots of shopping. Lots of shopping. All right. Okay, well, let me remind everyone that Mike Tyson, Undisputed Truth Round 2, is now at the MGM Grand in Vegas. So, um, from the heart, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to come, on to our, come on our show, man. I really mean this. Hey, it's my pleasure. Look forward to meeting you. Absolutely. So, there you have it, Mr. Mike Tyson. Narcos. Narcos is a very good show on Netflix, though people on it do very violent things just for kicks. It does make me think twice about taking a trip to Medellin for my midwinter sun fix, as I have seasonal affective disorder and it's one of the Travel Channel's top picks. Narcos is a very good show on Netflix, but I don't want to die on my first night at an all-inclusive resort. I want to live. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Hello, people. This is the Spud Goodman Show. We're shotgun kitchen. Doing a sound check. Do we have a vocal check? Check, check, check. Kristen? We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Well, as everyone knows, I don't have any kids, so I've never taken one to work. How's it going so far, Kelsey? Are you bored out of your mind? No, this is fun. Oh. May I ask if your interns get paid? Uh, well, look at them uh, on their phones now and eating whatever they're eating right now. It smells really good. Uh, no, they're, they're not paid interns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sweetie. The interns here are nice people, but maybe you should keep your distance, you know? They're just, they're just a harmless bunch of binge eaters, man. Yeah. Don't freak her out. Well, I'm not trying to do that. Uh, Kelsey, do you have any uh, radio questions? I have a second here, you know, before our next guest. I, I'll, whatever you want to know, I'm here. Well, Dad has told us how time-consuming it is to keep in touch with all the celebrities you guys interview. Yeah. He says Billy Bob Thornton is always texting him late at night, and some star hmm. named Andy Dick keeps calling him all the time? You know, people lie a lot, so you gotta be on your toes. Dad, you should think of getting an unlisted number. Um, uh, your dad said this? Mm -hmm. we, well, I mean, actually, what, what I said uh, was... Yeah, yeah, Kelsey, your father, for some reason, is like catnip to big Hollywood stars. They, they just won't leave him alone, I, I guess that's what I'm learning now. It, it's uh, actually very difficult for me to do my job with well, his charismatic presence you know, around the studio. He just has a special gift, I guess. Look, alternative facts are not facts. He told my older brother that Olivia Newton-John is cyber-stalking him ever since she was on the show. Really? Well, I don't know for sure if my mother knows. 
I hope not for Olivia's sake. Boy, is my mom the jealous type. Now, who is this lady? Well, okay, first of all, Olivia Newton-John was my own personal fantasy, for starters. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. And now I have to say, learning that she is harassing your dad, well, gosh, I just might have to drop her down a few spots. And actually, I might have to then move up Jennifer Beals to the top of the list. Wow. Thank, thank you for telling me this inside information, as I doubt I would never have learned this from him. Oh, okay. Are you, uh, okay. Kelsey, Gerald Jr. was mistaken in what he told you. Hmm. Uh, Olivia Newton-John is not cyber-stalking me, I mean, at least not right now. So, I mean, listen, can we change the subject? No, 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 no. I would because love to hear what other celebrities are such a burden to your dad, Kelsey. Tell us, you know, tell us what other stars are in pursuit of your father's love and affection. Courtney, Chloe. Oh, okay. I, I may have been... I may have been taken out of context when I mentioned to the family ab about this topic, but mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but you know, Gilbert Godfrey did call my cell phone once, mm -hmm. and I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a butt dial because our interns gave his publicist my number by mistake. I called him back, and I did get to hear his phone message. So I mean, that was kind of neat. You're you're really lucky you didn't reach Gilbert. Huh? Is uh, I've read he has like. A Limited patience for telephone solicitors and annoying co-hosts cold calling him. You know, you don't know what could have happened. So, Dad, none of the stories were true. Well, you didn't really advise that guy from America's Got Talent on what carpet to put in his cabin at Big Bear Lake in California, like you said. Big Bear Lake, huh? Oh. Big Bear Lake. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I had mentioned Howie Mandel was in the market for new carpet for his vacation cabin. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a special blend because, you know, he has so many allergies. Oh, of I read it in Us Magazine at the dentist office, actually. But it, listen, if he had asked me, I would have steered him straight to my store, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. You know, I, I don't know if you knew this, Spud, but we can ship our carpet and linoleum anywhere in the world. Uh, good to know, but no more free frickin' plugs for your other place of employment. Yeah. <clears throat> Dad, you said all the big stars shop at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum, right? South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. You, you know what? I, I don't... I don't think I use the term big stars. Well, we did sell uh, Steve Poole, the weather guy at Channel 4 here in Seattle, some linoleum for his porch, where I guess he keeps his hamsters. Who knew Steve Poole was a hamster breeder, huh? Hmm. Uh, didn't know and don't care about hamsters. Oh. They are not our friend. Just please check and see if our next guest is ready to go, please. Oh, uh, yes. And uh, as a matter of fact, but I'm being told your next guest, Daryl Hammond, is good to go on the line. All right. You know, this guy on Saturday Night Live... Uh, has, I mean, he's amazing. He's clearly one of his generation's best impressionists. The guy can do anyone, and he makes it look easy. It's not that easy. Well, I'll admit, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that show because they make fun of President Trump all the time. Please promise me you will never have Alec Baldwin on this show as he's been very mean to our commander-in-chief. I would, I would love to have him, you know, geez, on this show. Way back, uh, you know, on my cable TV days, I had his brothers. I interviewed uh, Stephen and Daniel on separate occasions. Oh. We couldn't locate the other one, Billy, you know. But someday I hope to have interviewed the full Baldwin family tree. Well, are you going to ask Daryl about him doing President Clinton? Again, we are here in the sanctuary of democracy. I, I got to tell you, I did find that impression very funny. I'm not going to bug him by asking him to do somebody now on the show. I mean, how would you feel if someone came up to you on the street and asked you 
just do something co-hosty right now. Would you feel like a trained seal or something? Um, I think it'd be actually... M me? Well, I would love any opportunity to display my skills as a co-host. It has never happened to this point, but boy, that would be special. Like, especially if my lovely daughter Kelsey here or any of my other family members were with me. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of a more satisfying experience. Yeah, Honestly. Well, well Daryl's is not Daryl's not you. That's number one, okay? Oh, well, and I'm I, betting no, he's burned out by people begging him to suddenly do someone other than himself. Just put him through, please. Here he is. Everyone say hello to comedian, actor, and author Daryl Hammond. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Well, Daryl, you spent 14 seasons with Saturday Night Live as a regular cast member, and, and after leaving, you returned in 2014 to assume the duties of announcer following the passing of the late, great Don Pardo. Safe to say the show has played a big role in your life to this point, huh? Yeah, I think it's been the centerpiece of, uh, of everything you know, that's happened to me in, uh, in the last 20 years. Um, you know, you hope you get your one big shot in the big leagues, and then when you get it, you, you stay as long as they let you stay or as long as it makes sense for you to stay. I think after around 11, 12 years, I sort of uh, realized that my time was up there as a regular contract player, and then it took a couple of more years to process me out of there. I think getting out of Saturday Night Live is just as hard but the as getting into it but the way you get out of it is just as important as getting into it you know we've had a number of former cast members of snl on our show and i've asked them you know how competitive it got for them how when, you know when it came down to what made it on the air and what got cut did, did you too experience the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat on a regular basis or by being so damn adept at doing impressions did you have writers always just trying to drag you into their sketches well i think both you know, um, the the thing that I don't think, I don't know if people realize it or maybe they do, but <clears throat> it's a really hard place to work. You know, the bulk of what you pour your heart and soul into um, doesn't get on the air, and that includes everyone. You know, there's a, it's a live, because it's a live show, um, there are a thousand reasons that a, a, a sketch can get cut. Uh, if and one of them is maybe the news changes. Right. You know, maybe something happens on Monday and they write a big sketch for you on Wednesday, but then on Thursday something else happens, and there's a larger story. And then you know, yeah, I don't know how I became one of those people that knew how to, you know, sort of uh, move forward even after a bad week. But it, it, I, I was and. Uh, it takes its toll on you after a while, but, you know, it's the nature of the show. There's nothing easy about it. Well, you know, in 2012, you uh, wrote your autobiography, God, If You're Not Up There, I Am uh, uh, published by mm -hmm. HarperCollins. You were pretty open about the struggles you've gone through over the years prior to and, mm -hmm. you know, during your time on Saturday Night Live. Life hasn't mm -hmm. been a walk in the park, uh, but you persevered. Uh, I have to say no one would have even known because you just always killed it on air. Was the, was the show a challenge or a help during the tough times? A very big help. I mean, imagine to have something that big to distract you from your personal woes. You don't even, you know, for most of the time that I was having problems, I, I didn't understand and doctors didn't really understand what was wrong with me. So to have something so immense, you know, so enormous to take you away from that until 
proper help could arrive, so to speak, uh, was was incredibly helpful, and there was a lot of support over there. And then uh, I ended up meeting this doctor who was about 50 years ahead of his time, and he was able to to do what I'm going to say to 30-something doctors could never didn't did not do. But you know, um, I got a lot of support there, and there was. It's, it was nice to have something to love and be passionate about while the rest of the stuff was going on. Well, what was the formal diagnosis? I know it was there was a uh, complex com- complex PTSD. Okay, okay. Um, and the, you know, you'd also over the years battled some substance abuse, like a lot of yeah. us have. Um, uh-huh. But uh, so, so what you're saying is the show was in fact a great uh, support system for you. Then it was. It was not only that. When it came time to um, to to get uh, to be treated by this doctor for months on end, um, it took a lot of money, and um, I had that at the time. I mean, I, I don't anymore, but I, I don't really need a lot of money to be honest with you. I have I'm pretty comfortable. Uh, I have residuals. I do a lot of stand up, so I have enough money. But at the time, I needed Saturday Night Live money to pay that guy. I mean, he was great. Doctors are rare and wonderful things, but they, they don't come too cheap. Right. Uh, yes. Well said. Um, well, <laughs> let me hit you with this one. Uh, this is kind of a strange one. Uh, you know, I I'd recently read news stories where former Trump advisor, I know you've been hit with this, the Prince of Darkness, Steve Bannon, has supposedly reached out to you or your people regarding how SNL would, you know, portray him in sketches this past season. Mm. Was He's trying to get inside intel, supposedly. True story or not? No, it's not true. Um, as flattering as it is to be mentioned by Eli Stokel of the Wall Street Journal for any reason or for or that Greg Ban- uh, Steve Bannon was saying your name or anyone right now that's on t- in the news and you know you, you like to think you're relevant on some level and, but that didn't happen and as soon as I contacted Eli Stokel and said um, didn't happen he was like oh did glad they you the- called <laughs> did they print a retraction I don't think I read that yeah 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 this all occurred on Twitter. They, he tweeted it in the morning, and was going to write a piece about it when you know I contacted them. And he said, "Oh, okay, fine. Sorry." Well, it we, be- actually, we actually had a we actually had a really nice exchange. Tweeting is a lot, I guess, different from when you put it in your paper. When you put it in your paper, you double and triple check check your sources. Yeah, this was something that occurred and. In, a, in an era where breaking news rules all, you know, he put it out there and, and on Twitter, and it was fine. I'm a big fan of his, and we actually had a nice exchange. Okay, so Ben is not on a like a Facebook friend of yours or anything. I guess we got that for the record, then. All right, super. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, last week I did Michael Moore on Broadway. I went on with him and oh. performed perform for a little while, and you know, the following night I was uh, with a friend of mine who's a reporter at ABC, WABC in, in New York, and uh, TMZ and a lot of people interviewed me about it, but no, it never happened. All right, okay. Well, moving on then. Uh, Spud, yes, if I may, 
I would like to comment on what Daryl Hammond just said. That is yet one more example of the fake news spread by the mainstream media. You yeah, have doubted you our president as he has sounded the alarm on this issue. But we owe him our thanks. Uh, uh, Daryl, I just need a brief moment. I'm not thanking Trump for anything other than maybe quitting The Apprentice so I don't have to see any more of that, you know, show's promos with his face staring at me. And I don't know if the Wall Street Journal qualifies as the mainstream media. Dude, Rupert Murdoch owns the damn thing. Yeah, well, regardless, I'm sure that that paper has one or two liberals working there, either openly or undercover. Whatever, just let me get back to Daryl. He's a very interesting man. Okay, Daryl, I have returned. I appreciate your patience. Yeah, of course. I, hey, let me hit you with this one. Uh, do you agree, you know, this is something I wanted to ask you, if there are really only a handful of people in show business who have totally mastered the art of impressions, I mean, a lot of performers can do like one or two really well, but you, Daryl Hammond, belong to a small club in that you can literally do buttloads of celebrity and politicians spot on. Were you, were, you, um, were you born with this skill? Did you start working on it like junior high and just got scary good over the years? Honestly, I think it was genetic. I think my mother could do it for no, you know, she didn't want to pursue it professionally, but I started out because my mother could talk like the next door neighbor and talk like the coach, and that's how I started. You know, huh. I started out. The first thing I did was uh, a record of a Christmas Carol um, with Ralph Richardson and Paul Schofield. And that's the first; those were the first voices I did. And then I sort of slipped into learning Porky Pig and Popeye and stuff like that. You know. Wow. So, uh, so you were in, like in high school, you were able to like do teachers. So that would have been, man, you would have yeah. been really popular. Kicked out of calculus, brother. Ah, right. Kicked out of calculus. Super. Got, yeah. got caught doing the teacher while he was taking a bathroom break. Uh, I got kicked yeah, out, but yeah, I, yeah. for skills like that, man, that would have been, ah. Anyway, all right. All right. Well, hey, mm -hmm. um, I, I want to mm -hmm. thank you so much for spending time with us. You're so very welcome. Hope you have a wonderful day. Mr. Daryl Hammond. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Say hello to our musical guest, La Grotto. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves and the instrument you play. Yo, <laughs> I'm Leith. I play uh, guitar and I, I sing. Hello, my name's Will and I play bass guitar. Super. Hello. My name is Alec, and I play drums. All right. Well, in 15 words or less, please state the Legrato mission statement in addition to world domination. We're here with beer and cheer and a lot of lumineer. All right. Super. <laughs> um, <laughs> Some social anxiety. So what... <laughs> Yeah, what's what? Let me ask. Hit me hit with this. Uh, what's the band's official position on artificial intelligence? Because I know natural organic intelligence is probably better, but some of us, you know, need a little help in our daily lives. I'm not saying you guys do. I'm just, I'm not, you know, not saying that, but uh, couldn't hurt. Like a clone or a robot? Yeah. Yeah. What's your position? The band's position officially. I had a dream about that actually. Uh, some weird island. I don't know what it was. I knew what it was in my dream though, and I was in a hotel. There was a big hurricane coming through, and there was this like three-story tall uh, robotic rhinoceros. No, yeah, it was a rhinoceros. 
huge Make sure of that. Are blue. you sure it was some rhinoceros? It, it, it was my dream. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> it was just double checking on that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> fact checking is a big part of a talk show host job. I just want to say that. It's, it's on our Wikipedia page. All right. Yeah. Well, let me hit you with this one. Is being in a rock band uh, ever boring? I, I won't lie. This talk show gig uh, is mind-numbing at times. So, is it, is it as exciting as it seems? Uh, we No. I mean, we just drove to New York like, a couple of weeks ago. We drove back. We were in a car for like 50 hours straight, uh, and that was messed up. And that wow. was that was mine. It's depleting. A I don't know. Yeah. Which one of you guys had shotgun? We switched. switched. We, we we all played every position exactly. right. many times. Right. Well, you know, if if any of you could uh, maybe only take one album, one album to a bomb shelter, uh, and you'd be in there for a while, which album would it be? Blonde on Blonde. All right. The rest of you. Uh, the Carter Three by Lil Wayne. <laughs> and lastly, I, I think I have to go with Stevie Wonder's songs to keep alive. Oh, cool. Nice, mm-hmm. timeless. All right. Well, what's the name of the on the next song? I, I want to hear it. Uh, next song is called "Release Me." All right, let's do it. You told me you got your fortune read by a psychedelic sister and her words of lead. She told you I was thinking about you from afar But it happened when I saw you at the ping pong bar Goodman Radio Show.
What's up, guys? This is the world champion, Judah Friedlander, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Why? Because you're a winner. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Marlon Waynes, is holding for you. Okay, put him through, you know. We had his brother, Sean, on the show a while back. I could ask him the same questions, I guess, you know, but, but maybe he heard that interview. Bad idea? Hell no, you can't! Yeah, I should probably come up with some new stuff, right? Well, I don't think recycling questions in the same family is a wise idea. You, you know, all the Wayans have been very successful in show business, uh, kind of like the Osmonds, who our family has really enjoyed over the years. Shut up. Um, I don't think Marlon would appreciate his family being compared to the Osmonds. That's just me. I'm thinking that. I don't know for well, sure. I don't, I don't understand why. They're, they're all major stars to this day. It's <laughs> Jack what you're saying. I mean, even Jimmy or Alan Osmond? I, I think that's a stretch. Uh, just put Marlon through. Yeah, well, very well, but here he is. But I, I want you to know, Jimmy Osmond is still an amazing performer. Say hello to actor, writer, comedian, and producer Marlon Wayans. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on our show. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. So we had your brother, Sean, on a couple years ago. Very funny man. So I won't ask you the same questions, but I will lead with something kind of pretty similar. I would answer them the same. How about that? Well, yeah. Well, I got something similar that, that I hit him with, but what was it like for you growing up in a genetically superior comedy family? You guys had an edge over most families in terms of being funny. It's almost unfair, like you guys are juicing or something. I think we were made in a lab. Well, my mom put, like, funny steroids in her breast milk. Oh, all right. That's for the record. But it was fun. I mean, if I had to redo my life, I'd do it exactly the same way. I mean, every moment of my life was, uh, even though, you know, the only thing I would do is probably, I'd probably um, get my parents better jobs. Yeah. Because if you're going to have 10 kids, I figure you should feed them. Yeah, I kind of, I, from, from what Sean mentioned, is that it was kind of survival of the fittest. You guys were like, uh, it, you know, I mean, not that it was sibling rivalry or whatever you want to call it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. He said it was interesting with 10 kids. There was no rivalry. The only time there was rivalry was when there was dinner. Yeah, that, like, that's what he said. That's uh, right. Every man for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. All right. Well, hey. But other than that, we loved each other. Outside of dinner and, like, breakfast, we loved each other. All right, all right. Well, you know, your new movie, Naked, now available on Netflix, is uh, doing quite well. It's a remake of a Danish film, right? And they seem to be, you know, feel more comfortable being naked over in those Scandinavian countries. On the shoot, did, did they give you, like, a tube sock or a mitten when you were running around on the, on the set, you know, shooting? Um, well, it was first shot in, uh, in, uh, in Sweden. So we make oh, it Sweden, not movie. Danish. All right. And um, they tried to give me a, a little booty to put my stuff in, but uh, I needed a stocking. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Modesty, you there? Okay. But I'm very, I'm very comfortable being being naked. Yeah, all right. Uh, um, excuse, excuse me, Spud. What? Well, I, I just don't understand how anyone, especially actors on the job, could feel comfortable being naked in public. Uh, Kelsey, this is yet one more display of the hedonism of Hollywood. Uh, okay. Um. Hey Marlon, I, I need I need a moment here. Lighten up. He, he's not a nudist or anything. Well, the man just said he's not ashamed to be naked around like you know mic operators, boom mic operators, assistant directors, or gaffers, those kind of people. Spud, 
If God had wanted us to be naked, he would have never allowed the creation of clothing. You know, being seen unclothed by others outside of the bounds of marriage is not right, nor is it healthy. It's not healthy to run around with no pr protective garments on. It could lead to uh, walking pneumonia or something worse. My kids are very aware of this. Right, honey? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, just because, you know, you come from a, a religious cult that's, that's into body shaming, hey. don't throw that line of crap at the rest of us outside your family. Uh, no offense, Kelsey. But, uh, yeah. Now, I may not you know, have great abs like Marlon here, but I, I would have no problem doing this radio show naked as really? I am comfortable with my body, okay? I have pretty decent calves, by the way. Yeah, well, Spud, if on another occasion... I other than take your daughter to work day? If you had said, listen, I, you and I were the only people here in the studio and you disrobed, well, I gotta tell you, I would resign on the spot. Well, that's good to know. And, and also, you need to think about this. We all came into the world that way. Mm. So just, Jesus, just chill out on that. I gotta get back to Marlon, all right? All right, so you also have an NBC sitcom, Marlon. Uh, can I ask uh, if you ever like take vacations or even like have a day to binge watch anything? It seems like you're a type A guy working all the time. True or not? Um, I actually don't take many vacations. Every now and then I'll take a vacation, maybe once every two years. And I actually took my one day off a couple of weeks ago, and I watched the whole season of Narcos, and that was my treat to myself. Was that Other killing? Than that, I worked. What? I literally worked like. 90 to you know maybe 200 days straight without without a without no days off not even weekends not fun but you know anyway all right all right if i was a slave they'd have gave me a raise yeah i hear you all right well on a related note uh, on this show we're discussing the take your kids to work day thing and you have you have kids right have you ever brought them to the set and were they impressed or is show business to them really not that special because dad's in it um, I take. I used to take my kids to set when they were little. I used to love visiting sets because I had them had their own chair with the name on it, and uh, you know they got all the snacks at craft service, and they get to watch Daddy be a fool. Um, my it actually stuck with my daughter. She wants to be an actress, writer, and a producer. Oh. And my son, he's like, you know, bump this. I'm playing basketball. Oh, he's a hooper. All right. Um, so let. Uh, I was going to ask you career wise. Yeah, maybe one day he'll play for the Sonics. The oh, Sonics. No, 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 no. We, we no. That is that spirit's alive. And we're, yeah. we're, it's. Oh, you laugh. You laugh. But it's coming. We're getting it back, one way or another. But anyway, all right. I'll move on. Uh, well, last question. Uh, let me hit you with this, uh, Marlon Wayans. If you were the supreme leader of the world, what would be your first directive? Um, first of all, global warming. Um, secondly, I'd go to supercuts. And I would sit down with uh, our North Korean friend and get him a nice fade and calm him down. And be like, you know, nukes aren't cool. And then I'd probably go about bringing everybody to, to the table of all colors and nationalities. And I'd make hate crimes um, more severe punishments for hate crimes. Right. I'd, I'd force people to love each other. The way my parents used to go, no, when y'all argue, you got a kiss in the mouth. That stopped us from arguing. All right. I think whenever like racism happens, make them kiss in the mouth. On the mouth. On the mouth. All right. Yeah. It's it, who knows. It might work. So all right. Well, it does. Trust me. Okay. Um. You know, if I was just going to say this, if if I was in a position of power though, and this is kind of more more kind of not exactly uh, earth 
shattering or whatever, but I would make like mandatory ranch dressing served with all meals because it's a very utilitarian condiment. It's just my take. I, I don't know if you're a ranch guy, but whatever. I don't think that's going to solve world peace. No. Like no. Climate no. change It's not going to affect cl- these hurricanes that are going on in the Atlantic. I know, but it, it might help with the MREs and stuff that you're probably going to have to utilize later. But anyway, all right, I'll tell you what. I know you got stuff to do, so let me Thank see. Thank God you're not world leader, huh? Uh, yeah, there's some <laughs> few people that have mentioned that. Hey, we really appreciate yes, you calling into our program, all right? Hey, thank you, man. Anytime. I appreciate you guys. Mr. Marlon Wayans. Take soothing Pepto-Bismol and feel good again. This is the Spud Goodman Show. My, how time flies. You know, I have to admit, it's somewhat energizing to have a member of the Youth of America in the studio with us, but, but I don't want anyone else on this show that has children to now think it's okay to bring their kid to the show too, okay? That would not be okay. Uh, This was a once in a decade experience. Right? Do you agree with me, protester? Do you agree? But I would like to thank you for allowing Kelsey to get the opportunity to watch her father at work. This, I gotta say, it's been a really special moment for me. Say, Dad, yeah. I, can I ask why you didn't get to ask any questions of the celebrity guests? You have told us at home that you interviewed the stars, too. What uh, happened? Oh. Uh, oh. He said that, uh, huh? Well, 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 I have said that I'm involved in the interviews. Well, I... I don't think I specifically said I speak directly with them. No, you... Um, you suck! No, you did say you have to carry the interview from time to time as Spud has a limited attention span. Well, you know, that part is true. I do have a state-of-the-art ADHD issue, but but your dad does not exactly speak to the guests, okay? Mm. He sits, you know, next to me while I speak with them, though. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Uh, honey, I, 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 listen, I'm allowed to jump in uh-huh. and voice my comments to Spud during uh, the conversation with guests. Yeah? I'm just, well, I'm not, like right now, I'm not currently permitted to communicate directly with the celebrities. Yeah. So, so technically, your dad is, is involved in the interviews. I am involved. Kind of like the Bat Boy for the Yankees or the Mets getting credit for a win. You know, he was there when the team won the game, so he is a part of it if you, know, if you want to go with alternative facts. We are going to start winning big league. Okay, it's a good thing I didn't ask you to speak at our class at school. Once a month they let us invite a parent who has an interesting job, and I was thinking of suggesting you. I I would love to speak to your class, Kelsey. uh, Listen, you tell me when, and you can know I will be there. Maybe. Uh, Hopefully I can work it in with my job schedule both here and at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Stop that, stop, hey, no, 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 not enough with the freaking jingle. No, Dad, that's okay, um, but Spud, we do have a career day assembly each school year where they have, like, lawyers and policemen and software developers come to speak. Would you be, like, willing to come and describe what a talk show host actually does? The Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years. I guess I could. But you know, not that I want to inspire any kids to, you know, think about getting into this profession, as, as it's already overcrowded and competitive as hell. Uh, gee, I, 
I hope you're not disappointed in your dad, uh, sweetie. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry that you were mistaken on what a radio co-host on, on this show actually does. Stop being a weak! You need to know, on most shows, I would be allowed a much bigger role. It's rather obvious that I tend to threaten others. Uh, it's the same situation at South Seattle Carpet Look, and Lenore. No, no jingle, no jingle, no jingle. It's okay, Dad. It's not your fault. Your job is not important. I still love you. That's nice. You know, when I it's, hear a kid tell a parent they love them, that's the moment when I, you know, I tend to second guess my decision to to always wear three condoms when the moment is right. So why pause to take a pill? Uh, you know, I mean, just to make sure. Uh, say, Spud, maybe it's not the best idea to discuss your birth control practices in front of my daughter here. Yeah, right. That's that is that's too much information. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, well, listen, uh, I'm, I'm, be, I'm getting the signal here that it's time to close the show. So, Spud, uh, Kelsey, you want to watch a true radio professional sign off now? Watch Spud. He is very good at this. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I have actually spent years perfecting this. Here we go. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Legrato.
Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pike. Production assistants Brian Martin and Frank Nolasco. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deer, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Mm-hmm.